man walked around the golem. A man can't sit by and watch his company collapse under him because of unfair price cutting, I mean to say. Forty dollars. Religion is all very well, but what do prophets know about prophets, hmm? Hmm. He looked up at the shapeless golem in the shadows. Was that, uh, thirty dollars I just saw you write? Yes. I've always liked dealing wholesale. Wait one moment. He went back inside and returned with a handful of coins. Will you be selling any to them other bastards? No. Good. Tell your boss it's a pleasure to do business with him. Get along inside, Sonny Jim. The white golem walked into the factory. The man, glancing from side to side, trotted in after it and shut the door. Deeper shadows moved in the dark. There was a faint hissing. Then, rocking slightly, the big heavy shapes moved away. Shortly afterwards, and around the corner, a beggar holding out a hopeful hand for arms was amazed to find himself suddenly richer by a whole thirty dollars. He subsequently got dead drunk and was shanghaied aboard a merchantman bound for strange and foreign parts, where he met lots of young ladies who didn't wear many clothes. He eventually died from stepping on a tiger. A good deed goes around the world. The disc world turned against the glittering backdrop of space, spinning very gently on the backs of the four giant elephants that perched on the shell of Great Atuin, the Star Turtle. Continents drifted slowly past, topped by weather systems that themselves turned gently against the flow, like waltzers spinning counter to the whirl of the dance. A billion tons of geography rolled slowly through the sky. People looked down on stuff like geography and meteorology, and not only because they're standing on one and being soaked by the other. They don't look quite like real science. That is to say, the sort you can use to give something three extra legs and then blow it up. But geography is only physics slowed down and with a few trees stuck on it, and meteorology is full of excitingly fashionable chaos and complexity. And summer isn't a time. It's a place as well. Summer is a moving creature and likes to go south for the winter. Even on the disc world, with its tiny orbiting sun tilting over the turning world, the seasons moved. In Ankh-Morpork, greatest of its cities, spring was nudged aside by summer, and summer was prodded in the back by autumn. Geographically speaking, there was not a lot of difference within the city itself, although in late spring the scum on the river was often a nice emerald green. The mist of spring became the fog of autumn, which mixed with fumes and smoke from the magical quarter and the workshops of the alchemists, until it seemed to have a thick, choking life of its own, and time moved on. Autumn fog pressed itself against the midnight window panes. Blood ran in a trickle across the pages of a rare volume of religious essays which had been torn in half. There had been no need for that, thought Father Tubelcheck. A further thought suggested that there had been no need to hit him either, but Father Tubelcheck had never been very concerned about that sort of thing. People healed, books didn't. He reached out shakily and tried to gather up the pages, but slumped back again. The room was spinning. The door swung open. Heavy footsteps creaked across the floor. One footstep, at least, and one dragging noise. Step, drag, step, drag. Father Tubelcheck tried to focus. You! he croaked, nod. Pick up the books. The old priest watched as the books were retrieved and piled carefully with fingers not well suited to the task.
The newcomer took a quill pen from the debris, carefully wrote something on a scrap of paper, then rolled it up and placed it delicately between Father Tubalchek's lips. The dying priest tried to smile. We don't work like that, he mumbled, the little cylinder wobbling like a last cigarette. We make our own... The kneeling figure watched him for a while and then, taking great care, leaned forward slowly and closed his eyes. Commander Sir Samuel Vimes, Ankh-Morpork City Guard, frowned at himself in the mirror and began to shave. The razor was a sword of freedom. Shaving was an act of rebellion. These days, someone ran his bath every day. You wouldn't think the human skin could stand it. And someone laid out his clothes, such clothes,